The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman, and welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today I'm so excited because right here in Fort Lauderdale, the wonderful Broward Center for the Performing Arts we have the man who's in charge of their, all of their community engagement and everything, Gustavo Padrino, and he's gonna tell us about some very special sensory performances they have coming up. Gustavo, welcome to Exploring Different Brains. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm so happy that I can be here and share some of our uh, amazing community engagement initiative, including our sensory inclusive uh, initiatives as well. Well, you guys do a great job in the community. In fact, we learned about this through my friend uh, Kareem over at the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County, where you're doing stuff for our kids there, our terrific kids from the Boys and Girls Clubs. And he turned us over to different brains as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so something we were doing with them because we have uh, we had the opportunity uh, to provide the Boys and Girls Club with a few tickets to come see uh, Miami City Ballet's performance of the Nutcracker. It was a very kind donation for Miami City Ballet. So I reached out to him and I invited them to attend. And after this amazing experience they had with the ballet, uh, we are actually working on uh, a workshop uh, where we're bringing about 20 to 25 kids for um, the Ronald K. Brown Evidence Dance Company, which is uh, the second week of January. So they're going to come and do a workshop in person with them. They're going to have dinner and they're going to go and see the show as well. And it's just one of like the, 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 the tiniest events that we have been doing. Uh, but our community engagement uh, continues to grow and reach out uh, far more groups as well. Tell our audience who might not be familiar with your sensory friendly performances. Absolutely. So uh, believe it or not, our sensory uh, inclusive performances started about five years ago, including COVID time. So um, in a way, it all started uh, because the Broward Center's mission is to build community through the arts and that involves our neurodiverse community. So uh, we started partnering with the Theater Development Fund uh, over in New York uh, to get some guidance. And also we got some community partners because we wanted to create a sensory inclusive performance intended for people who have developmental disabilities, sensory issues, autism. Um, and we really wanted to break down the barriers. So we listened and we we basically created the, the right atmosphere and the right circumstances for families of all abilities to come to the show. And I'll give you a couple of like things that what makes this a sensory inclusive show. So first things first is that there is no shushing at the theater. You can actually walk around, you can talk, you can use your mobile device, you can be who you are and no one's gonna tell you what to do or that you need to leave the theater. That's the number one thing. There's no judgment at the theater. We keep the lights on about a 30%. So you can still see around. We lower the volume at the, at the theater and there's no strobe lights, there's no special effects. And we also provide noise canceling headphones and fidgets. Uh, that people can just take home and just use at the theater if needed. We also provide all the proper accommodations. We have a choir room area where you can see the show on a big TV, no volume, 
And we also have a behavioral therapies on site that can help you and you're free to come in and out during the whole performance. You don't have to wait till the number ends. You can just go in and out um, at your pleasure. And uh, one of the other things is that we do a lot of preparation ahead of time. We have a really awesome uh, social story that I share uh, with you. I hope that you can share it with families that basically highlights the whole experience from beginning to end. When you come to see a show, there's going to be a full hour of pre-show engagement activities. You get to do craft activities that are related to the show. You can actually do a meet and greet with some of the cast members from the show to have that social interaction. And uh, we also have a touch table with some of the costumes and props so you can actually take photos and really get familiar with what you are going to see on stage. But I'm gonna give you the best secrets of all that, may, that people don't really know is that our sensory inclusive performances are only $10 a ticket. We subsidize the tickets because when we were developing these uh, performances, we understood that we cannot ask a family of four because tickets at a theater can be expensive for a family of four or five. Uh, to spend $50, $60 a ticket and then having to leave 20 minutes in, it's just not uh, a good investment. Uh, so that's why we made it possible, uh, thanks to the TAF Foundation and some of our uh, sponsors, uh, to be able to subsidize these performances so that people can just come to the theater uh, and enjoy the performances. Most of them tend to be about an hour. We, we do mostly an hour performances, but we do a couple of times a year, we do the two hour performances uh, for those that prefer to stay. And it also helps us to measure growth. When we started five years ago, uh, we actually uh, started talking to families and people that would regularly come. And then they would be here for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45. They can stay for the, whole sh the full show. And now they can stay for the two full hour shows. So we have seen growth uh, in our participants that come to these shows. The more they come to the theater, the more they are engaged, the more they love the art and they love coming to the Brower Center. Well, that is so wonderful, you know, with the autistic community and other sensory processing disorders we see now, this is, uh, you're opening up whole doors to people who otherwise just would not be able to go. They wouldn't be able to tolerate everything. Tremendous. We salute you. Now, how long has the Broward Center for Performing Arts been around here in Fort Lauderdale? Oh, we just actually celebrated our uh, 30 year uh, anniversary uh, this year. Um, we opened back in February uh, in 1991. Um, I remember with the Phantom of the Opera. That was the first show that came through our doors. And uh, right now we're doing a run of uh, the prom, um, at least till, till Sunday. Um, and we've been here for 30 years and uh, we continue to make an impact in our community, uh, especially through our education program. I don't know if you've heard about the SEAS program where uh, we actually make it possible for uh, Broward County School kids to come to the show. Uh, free of charge, and they are actually provided with study guides so that they can actually uh, reinforce what they're learning in their classes, because these are uh, curriculum-driven performances. These are what we call the arts in education and how you can teach uh, education through the arts. So that's been uh, going on for 30 years. Uh, we finished the 30-year anniversary for the SEAS program as well, and uh, we just continue to uh, service our community. I mean, that's what we're here for. 
Well, you do a great job. And I know our kids from the Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County here really, really appreciate it. I remember back when it was on the drawing board many years ago, and some of the original board members, uh, who also some of them were on the board at the Boys and Girls Club. And I remember one may he rest in peace, Carl Mayhew, way back, way back. Carl was very passionate about it, as were so many of the other community leaders here in Broward. And now here we fast forward decades later and look at all the wonderful things you're doing for the citizens. It's terrific. Absolutely. And we want to continue the legacy that started back 30 years and we continue to uh, expand. And back in that day, it was only the Brower Center. And now we also uh, manage the Parker Playhouse, uh, which we also use for educational programs. And we have done sensory performances over there. So it allows us to reach far more students and people uh, who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to come to uh, the Brower Center. Gustavo, how did you get into this line of work? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I was actually, I used to work in finance. So I was behind the, the computer a lot. And I always like to say that uh, most of the people that I would interact with only wanted to get paid. <laughs> that was what my role was. Um, but I had the opportunity on our second year when we were doing the sensory friendly shows, um, I had the opportunity to do the management for uh, one of the events. It was a sensory inclusive performance of Pete the Cat for, uh, you know, like the little ones. And um, and when I got to be there for the show, I what I got to see and some of the families that I actually got to talk to, um, just their personal stories. So uh, there's two people in particular that I remember that was uh, a, mo a mother and she was with her daughter, but believe it or not, her daughter was not a little one. She was like on her teens. Um, and she was just sharing how she couldn't really take her daughter to many places because just people would look at them in a weird way, or they would just not be just, they just, just not be the kind people. And they would either be asked to, leave the place or just the feeling that people are looking at you. So she didn't really have many options, uh, but hearing her story about how she was able to find the Brower Center and, and come and do these events with her, her daughter, it gave her like another home because she was at home the whole time, isolated, but now it's like, hey, now we can do something as a mother and a daughter. And one of the, the fathers uh, I met uh, shared with me how this was uh, the first time that his son came to the theater. So no, no experience, no prior, anything with the arts. And for me, after that day, I, I asked uh, to, give, to get this opportunity and try to expand the program and try to like reach out to community partners and groups. And how can I connect people to the Brower Center? What do we do? And how can we deliver or uh, our related programs? into just community groups that have never had this opportunity. And uh, through these um, amazing opportunity I was given, I was able to form partnership with places like the UMNSU Center for Autism and uh, Related Disabilities, uh, places like the Friendship Journey, uh, Exceptional Theater Company, uh, like so many community groups, the Dan Marino, the YMCA. I mean, every, like everyone is trying to serve the same community. And what we're trying to do is like, how can we 
help you serve better your community through the arts. And thanks to those relationships, we were able to continue to build the sensory inclusive performances to what they are now, because before they used to be performances, but now they are a whole experience uh, when you, where you actually get the preparation, you get the engaging component, you get the social part, meeting the cast members. And we actually train the cast to know what to expect, how to respond, the proper uh, ways to communicate uh, to the level of our patrons. So it became just a whole day of like coming to the theater and have the most amazing experience for families. What a wonderful, wonderful thing it is you do. What does 2022 have in store for the Broward Center for the Performing Arts? That is a great question. So we are looking to restart our sensory inclusive performances, hopefully spring 2022. So we're looking into the possibility of March and on March, definitely some performances by April and May. Um, when the pandemic hit, uh, we had to cancel all of the sensory inclusive shows. So it's been about a year and a half that we have not been able to do an in-person sensory inclusive show. Uh, but we kind of turned to the virtual world. So we were delivering, engaging our experiences directly to the community groups through Zoom and Teams. Uh, we were able to do virtual summer camps. We actually put together a really nice uh, frozen virtual performance with some of our community partners and in, in help uh, through the help of our teaching artists. And um, everything this last year and a half has been virtual. But 2022 brings back the in-person sensory inclusive performances. Just to give you a little heads up, we are looking into the possibility of doing um, the cat in the hat performance. We're looking into uh, bringing a really nice group uh, that sings a quiet bossa nova. It's called Brazilian Voices. And we have like instruments for people to play along with them. It's a very engaging uh, performance. And we are continuing to uh, work on our calendar um, as or seasons start in October and they end in September. So I hope that for fall 2022, we are going to have a full schedule of performances, which they tend to be about one show a month, sensory performance, yes. Is there anything we have not covered today that you would like to cover, Gustavo? Oh yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, I think something that I wanted to also let you know, it's how we, make these performances happen because we might provide the resources and the accommodations and the preparations, the right experience. But some of the questions that sometimes people ask me like, so how is that show besides all of these things different from the other show? So, and this is where some of our partners, they come uh, to help us out with this. So, um, and I'll give you an example. Pre-pandemic, we had a show, it was Shrek, the musical. And uh, this was a performance by our professional theater company, Slowburn. And uh, we usually, usually when we do the show for the sensory, we always do the second week of the show because we have one patron who's on the spectrum and he worked with the UMNSU car. He comes on the opening night to see the performance live. And he takes his notes and he always brings up back the notes saying like, hey, performance was great, but I think there should be a few adjustments so that our community can feel uh, comfortable. And I'll give you a couple examples. There's times where uh, Shrek, just like in the movie, when a character meets Shrek, they scream and it's very loud. Um, so some of the notes that we were given is like, maybe instead of screaming, maybe you want to do just like a little scare noise, like, uh, like you're surprised, like, oh my God, 
it's an ogre. Um, so then that way there's not a lot of screaming because that can be a little uh, painful for some of our patrons. Or when there's like, hey, I saw that when they were walking towards the dragon, there's a lot of smoke. Maybe you keep, keep this, uh, the smoke at a minimum so it doesn't get into the audience uh, seats. Uh, stuff like that. So he helps us actually make the proper adjustments so that the performance is uh, comfortable for everyone. And at the same time, we have the script of the performances, which we actually uh, send to some of our specialists at TDF and they review the script and they always tell us ahead of time, like, hey, um, at this time, in, make sure that this sound, it's control. Um, it's very interesting. You would think when we did Beauty and the Beast, Gaston is introduced by actually taking his gun and shooting in the air. And there's a loud sound. So stuff like, hey, make sure that when that sound comes, uh, it's, it's very low. And at the same time, it's a good idea to have Gaston come before the beginning of the show, introduce himself to the audience and say like, hey, my name is Gaston. I'm just a character pretending to do this role. If you see my little toy here, it's a gun, but it's not real. It's just wood. I'm going to pretend that I'm shooting in the air uh, and that's when you will see me come in. So we do the preparation ahead of time. So when all of these things appear on the script, we know how to act uh, through the script. And we also know how to adjust visually uh, by the people that come to review the show for us. So there's a lot of preparation that comes to make these performances uh, happen at the Brower Center. And I think that's something uh, that I, I, I'm very gracious for our partners that continue to help us uh, make these performances uh, just comfortable uh, for so the families uh, can come to the theater. And I definitely have to share that what I've seen on these shows, there was a family of 13 people that came only to support one uh, member in their family who has never been at the theater and they had like the most wonderful time. And um, just the stories and the memorable moments that we are able to create, to create through our sensory shows are just uh, wonderful. And uh, these shows are always sold out. <laughs> like people just can't wait to be at our theaters. When we started, we were doing two shows and we went to four, then we went to six and we went to 12. And you can see that these serves a really a, a real need in the community. And to finalize, one of the other things is that we also do these sensory inclusive performances as part of our CIS program. So the students in Broward County who are in the ESC schools can come and see the show free of charge and also relates to what they're seeing in school. So not only we provide this for our community, but we also provide it for the ESC schools uh, in our county. And uh, this is one of the uh, most amazing things I've done in my life. And again, I continue to re reach out to new people and that's how I was able to meet you and different brains because I want to bring more people uh, to the Broward Center, but I also want to deliver the Broward Center uh, to you and see how we can work together to better serve our communities together. Gustavo, what do you hope other venues will learn from the sensory-friendly performances at the Broward Center for the Performing Arts? That this is, this, is, this is not hard to do. If you put your mind, if you put uh, your purpose ahead, this is something that you can achieve. Like we did it here at the Broward Center and any other person and organization can make this happen. And our goal for the Broward Center is not to be the only place that does sensory inclusive performances, but connecting 
community partners and other uh, theaters and venues? And how can they open their doors to people with disabilities and be more inclusive, diverse, and provide accessibility uh, that we all need? I don't want people coming all the way from West Palm to come to the Broward Center. I want the West Palm to provide this for their families. I know that they have a partner, a friend at the Broward Center that can help them uh, get to where we, like the place we are right now. Well, Gustavo Pedrino, thank you so much. Your sensory friendly performances and all that goes into it. Thank you for educating us. And thanks for everything you're doing for the kids at the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County. For those of us whose brains are a little bit different, for all of your sensory friendly performances and community engagement right here in Fort Lauderdale. Keep up the great work and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was my absolute pleasure. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.